Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Plant School podcast or welcome back if you have been here before. Today, we are going to be talking about how to spot a rare houseplant. But before I do jump in, I did promise that I was going to announce some giveaway winners this week. So that's what I'm going to do first. Every so often, I like to choose a random listener and treat them to a free plant shopping trip. I'll send them a gift card where they can go and buy a plant of their choice. So this week, I said I was going to do two. And I'm not going back on that. So first, I'm going to go over to Spotify. I'm going to look through the responses to the Q&A question I asked. For any of you who are listening on Spotify, I'm going to start asking just like a random trivia question that has to do with the episode. And if you know the answer, you can respond. And if you get it correct, I'm going to choose from there for people to win a free plant shopping trip. All right, let's see. I'm going to just go through and choose this one. Okay, so the question is, what is the one environment that English ivy does not grow well in? And Kirby Dog, I think that's how you would say it, answered correctly. He said wetlands and swamps, and that's exactly what I said. So Kirby Dog, it's K-I-R-B-D-O-G. If that was you, please email me at tinnyplants at gmail, T-E-N-N-E-Y plants at gmail, And I will set you up to get a gift card for a free plant shopping trip. And then I'm going to come over to Apple Podcasts. I also want to choose someone who has left a review on Apple Podcasts. And so for our winner over here who has left a review, the username is Plants by Wade Lee. Again, if this is you, please shoot me an email and I will get that gift card sent to you. They said, plant school is so cool. I'm in Northeast Florida and plant obsessed. Love tuning into your podcast. Thank you for your knowledge and your kindness of sharing. Thank you, Wade Lee, for that very kind review. And again, email me so I can get you set up with a free plant shopping trip. I'm going to be doing this every so often. I'm going to be taking winners from those who have answered the trivia question on Spotify or from someone who has left a review on Apple Podcasts. You're welcome to do both and increase your chances there. Other ways to support the podcast that I really appreciate is to sign up to be a supporter. There's a link at the bottom of every episode that says support this podcast. When you click that little link, it'll redirect you and pull up a window that will let you monthly donate $1, $5, or $10. It's your choice. You can start or stop at any time, but it really helps me keep this podcast going, and I really appreciate all my supporters. I also have a merch store with various shirts, hoodies, and stickers that relate to plants. Not all of them are specifically related to plant school, so if you don't really want to have you know, plant school sticker, a plant school shirt. That's totally fine. I have other plant things. You're welcome to check that out. Again, the link is in the description of every episode. And if you do not want to spend any money, you are more than welcome to support this podcast simply by sharing it with others. And I appreciate that greatly as well. 
I always feel a little bit silly doing these plugs at the beginning of every episode, but no one is paying me to create this podcast or anything, so this is kind of my way of keeping this podcast going and helping with its longevity, and I really hope that you understand, and again, I appreciate your support. So let's dive into this episode, how to spot a rare houseplant. This is just a topic that I thought would be interesting. It's always kind of been something on my mind of when you're walking around, how can you find one that's really rare and desirable? So I discussed pretty thoroughly what rare plant exactly means in episode 91. I believe the title of that episode is Top 10 Rare Houseplants. So I'm just going to briefly cover that again in this episode just for reference. And so you know what I'm talking about. But if you want to hear more about it, you can listen to episode 91. So rare can mean uncommon or seldom occurring. It can also mean distinctive, marked by unusual qualities, or it can mean superlative or extreme of its kind. So there's various definitions just in the broad realm of things. When it comes to houseplants, it's usually meant to mean uncommon, that it it doesn't exist much in the wild or it can't be easily propagated, so it is very rare. It's seldom occurring. But oftentimes it's also used just to mean distinctive. A lot of people that market plants to sell use the term rare just because it is a distinctive plant. It's not like the others. It has unusual qualities. And honestly, being distinctive can be kind of subjective to one's own personal opinion. And on the other hand, being uncommon can really change rapidly in the plant world. So just to give you some examples... Pelea peperomoides, or the money plant, was extremely rare in the U.S., but it was actually pretty common overseas. It just wasn't a popular houseplant for Americans. And so, when it exploded into popularity, Americans would pay a very pretty penny for these guys. And this only lasted a few years. Because of demand, it was quickly brought to the U.S., And now it's everywhere. It's in big box stores, it's in plant shops, it's in grocery stores. And honestly, the same thing has happened with philodendron pink princess and perhaps some other plants too, where it's not super common, the demand's kind of low, and then all of a sudden, due to social media or plant groups or things like that, a certain plant becomes very desirable. Everyone wants it and then everyone is paying extreme amounts of money for it and the market does catch up, it's easy to propagate, plant shops start putting it out more and more, the price comes down. And those two examples I gave are just, those plants were distinctive, they were unusual, they were uncommon in certain areas, but not necessarily in others. So the term rare can kind of ebb and flow for a plant. Another example of a plant being rare or hard to come by could be shown in how, for example, in the United States, Florida, They are one of the biggest states that grow and supply tropical houseplants, so they have a huge selection of houseplants when compared to most other states in the U.S. So a plant collector in Florida is much more likely to have houseplants that someone, for example, in Utah, where I am, would consider rare because it's very hard to come by plants here than it is over in Florida. So Rare can mean hard to find, hard to propagate and distribute, 
there's not very many of them or it's extremely sought after. Honestly, it's, to be honest, it's kind of an overused term in the houseplant world. And like I said, it's largely due to marketing, just to making the plant seem more desirable. And the question of this whole episode is, how do you tell if a houseplant is rare when you are out walking around your local houseplant stores or perhaps online? What is it that you should look for to determine if a houseplant is actually rare? And I'm going to answer that exact question when we come back from this short break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So before I go into exactly what to look for, you may be wondering, well, I don't even know if there are rare plants in big box stores. Why should I even be looking in the first place? And I just want to say that there are times that plant shops can unknowingly be selling rare plants, especially if you live in a more tropical area. And I just want to give this one example that I thought was really cool and very interesting. So in 2022, so just last year, a couple was out shopping and they owned a plant business. So this was something that they did normally. They would go around and they would shop for plants for their store. And for this particular trip, they were going around big box stores. And this couple is, I believe, from England. So it's a store called B&Q. I'm not familiar with it, but perhaps some of my international listeners are. So anyways, they are at this big box store, B&Q. They bought a Monstera, and this Monstera, it was sitting on the shelf of the reduced price section, so it was normally 24 pounds, and it was only 12 pounds, so half off, and it was due to this Monstera having yellowed leaves. I'm sure the worker at this store probably assumed these yellowing leaves was the plant dying and decided to reduce the price. But it turns out that that Monstera was not yellowing due to poor health. It was actually an extremely rare Monstera. Its name is Monstera aria marmorata, and it was actually worth about 2,000 pounds if they were to sell the entire plant. They bought it for 12 pounds and they could turn it over and sell it for 2,000 pounds. And because this couple was involved in the houseplant world, when they saw it, they immediately knew that it was a rare houseplant and bought it right then and there. When I read about it, it didn't say if they kept it for themselves, if they put it in their shop and sold it or anything like that. But I thought it was super interesting that this random couple went into a big box store, just your normal hardware store. I'm pretty sure that's what B&Q is. It's like a 
garden hardware store and they came out with a very rare monstera that's hard to come by. And so it is possible to come by rare plants in big box stores. Sometimes variegated plants that are rare pass through or the growers are coming out with more unique varieties to those big box stores because they're becoming so popular. You can snag them very early on for a reasonable price. And this happened in 2021, just a few years ago. It was a very big thing to hunt for variegated monsteras at big box stores. They were becoming more available. Due to the demand, a lot of growers invested in variegated monsteras and were finally getting them out to big box stores. They were finally growing big enough and they could send out shipments. And so if you were lucky, you could go to a big box store and find some of them. And now it's not as big of a hunt since the demand is still growing and you can find them pretty easily. But in 2021, this was a big thing. It was pretty seldom that it would happen. And that's not to say it's not exciting to find a variegated monstera today because it's still super exciting. They're beautiful plants, still super desirable and popular. And I actually reached out to someone on TikTok who I saw making content about searching for rare plants at big box stores. Hey, Erica, thank you so much for messaging me back and letting me kind of heckle you with questions. But she was so kind. She was telling me how Costa Farms, which is a huge grower, specifically of houseplants, I believe like their headquarters are in Florida. I'm sure they have other greenhouses, other places, but I'm pretty sure it's mainly in Florida. But being a big grower of houseplants, they paid attention to these rare plant trends. And so, like I mentioned earlier, they started shipping out these really desirable plants, such as the pink princess philodendron, those variegated monsteras, white knight philodendrons, plants of those sorts for very affordable prices. Erica herself wasn't able to spot any during her videos, but she did give me the advice that if you want to go out and look for these rare house plants, that the key to success is to keep doing it, to keep looking, to go back multiple times, because eventually you will find one of these really desirable plants as they come in shipments. So kind of backpedaling to my original question, I know I went on a tangent there of what to look for. And this is like, if you don't have a particular plant in mind that you are really wanting to find, such as a pink princess philodendron, or something like that. This is what you should look for to find a rare houseplant. The biggest thing is variegation. The more unusual, the better. So you want to look for white or yellow speckles, stripes, splotches, any sort of variegation. If the leaf is completely white, that's very desirable. Another tip is to look for fenestrations. If a plant is a fenestrating one, if you're unsure of what that is, it's simply these sort of holes in a plant's leaves. And, and not all houseplants fenestrate, but if they do, the more fenestrations they have, the more desirable it will be. Also, looking for unique growth. So if there are spiral or twisting growth patterns, mutations that don't really look normal, things of that nature. And if you can combine all three of these things, if possible, like I mentioned, fenestrations don't happen in all plants, but if you found one that had a lot of variegation, that was very fenestrated and had unique growth patterns on it, that would be a very desirable rare plant. 
And if you're uncertain that you've even found a rare plant, there's always the option to take a picture, post it on one of those rare plant Facebook groups for help, or there's even Reddit groups that are dedicated to IDing plants. People that are super into houseplants and rare houseplants in particular that can help you identify exactly what you're looking at if you have scored an amazing rare houseplant or perhaps it's more common, but they can really help in figuring out what exactly you have found. And honestly, it is as simple as that. If you want to get deeper into it, I'm sure you can. For example, at one point, I was really considering going into reselling rare plants. I think I mentioned this on episode 91. I'm going to mention it again though. So I really love reselling. I love going to thrift stores and finding high-end items and reselling them online. It's a really just kind of fun and easy way to make some extra money. And I also love plants. So I thought by combining my love of reselling and plants, this would be like the marriage of the best of both worlds. So this is what I did to prepare because I was convinced I was going to do this. And I'll tell you why I didn't end up doing it. But to prep, I watched a lot of recent, keyword recent videos, because like I said, rare plants come and go so quickly in the plant world. So I watched a lot of recent videos on YouTube from plant influencers slash creators and specifically videos that were about hot plants, rare plants that were happening right now. And I made a note on my phone just with the notes app. I put down the name of the plant. I put pictures in it so that I could identify and look for these plants when I went to my local plant shops or big box stores. And so I had this big long list of plants to look for with pictures to really help me out. So if you wanted to like really get into it, really look for rare plants, you could totally go the route I did. And the reason why my idea never came to complete fruition, I never resold houseplants, rare houseplants to make money, was because I realized that I'm in Utah, I don't have the biggest supply of rare plants. I'm sure they're out there, like, we do have a lot of houseplant shops. There's even rare houseplant shops around here. But at the big box stores, I'm not necessarily going to be finding a giant selection of tropical houseplants because, you know, I'm not living somewhere super tropical right next to a grower that's sending this inventory to these stores. So if you are living somewhere more tropical perhaps like Southern California or Florida, this could actually be a very real possibility to earn very good money, go to your big box stores, find rare ones, and resell them. I know some people do disagree with the idea of reselling, of buying something at a lower price and reselling it for a higher one, but that is simply just business. That is literally what every business that's involved with a product does. They create a product, they get it shipped in from somewhere very cheap, and then they sell it for more money. It's just business. And that's what people who resell plants do as well. You don't have to do it if you don't think it's a great idea. You can simply look for them for yourself. Or if you don't mind spending the money, you can go to those online groups and get those rare houseplants that people are offering. And also, if you do want some ideas of rare houseplants to look for, you can always go and listen to episode 91 because I do mention my top 10 
that I thought were really interesting plants. But I do want to bring up the point to be aware of the area you live in and what it offers. And this was actually another thing that Erica from TikTok mentioned. She was awesome and and gave me such great info. But Erica lived in, oh, I don't think you'd call it the Midwest of the United States, probably like Southeast region of the United States. And being there, she knew that her area did not have a really strong hold in rare houseplants, kind of like how I realized being in Utah, there were not a lot of rare houseplants just bursting at the seams like maybe you would find in Florida. But she understood that her area that she lived in was very strong in offering outdoor ornamentals. They were much more accessible. They had a lot of varieties that were not available in other parts of the country. So each area does have different advantages to where you live. Perhaps if they don't have a strong rare houseplant hold, there are other realms of the plant world that your area is doing very well in. I'm trying to think of what Utah would be really good at growing. Maybe I should look it up. What is Utah's biggest plant crop? What would you call that plant? Hey, Hey, it's Utah's largest crop. That's not exactly what I was thinking. Wheat, barley, corn. Oh, apples, peaches. Yeah, this is not exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking more ornamental plants, but maybe maybe I need to search that. What is Utah's biggest ornamental crop? Now what does it say? Hey. Hay is not an ornamental crop. Come on. We want more info. It it just keeps repeating that hay is the biggest ornamental crop. What do we have here? We have sagebrush. We've got the salt desert shrub. I don't know. Maybe Utah doesn't have a leg up in the plant world. That's okay. We've got mountains and national parks to make up for it. Did I just say mountains? Ugh, that just speaks to my Utahness. We have mountains and national parks. There we go. Utah can't be the only place that says mountains, right? Do other states have to say that? But still, it just makes me feel a little podunk when I slip up and say mountains instead of mountains. All right, so let's move on. We've, we've discussed how some areas have a leg up in the plant world. We've discussed how some areas have more access to certain plants than others. And one last thing I did want to bring up that Erica said, that if you are in an area such, and it sounds like we're both kind of in this situation where there's maybe not a huge amount of rare house plants happening at our big box stores, you can go other avenues to find rare plants at local swaps, Facebook groups, etc. And I do want to spend some time talking about this. Because if you are going to the big box stores and you're not having success finding anything rare and you're kind of frustrated, here are some other places that you can try to find rare houseplants. You can do local plant swaps and sales like Erica mentioned. So these are great because you can have direct contact with the seller when you are at a local plant swap. You can ask them about the plant, how they grew it, what kind of environment it was in, what the plant actually is and why is it rare. You can see the plant and you can take it directly home instead of relying on shipping, which can always be a little bit of a hassle when you have a live plant 
involved. If you're unsure if they're a reputable seller, you can check their reviews online right then or there, or you can preview what plants they're selling before the swap. A lot of people will like post what they're going to be selling before they go to a swap meetup. Another avenue to go of finding rare houseplants is reputable online retailers. They can be really good if they are vetted, they have good reviews. This can happen on specialty websites, or you could even go with the social media route. If you know people in the plant realm, you follow them, perhaps they post that they are doing some sort of sale and you can, you know, Venmo them there. I've actually bought a few plants via social media. People local to me posted that they were selling and so I would, you know, simply DM them and be like, hey, I'm interested. Can I swing by and pick it up and just meet up at their house because we both knew each other and we were comfortable with that. Otherwise, they could just ship it to you. And I did this on Instagram, but I know it can happen on other places like Facebook Marketplace or just Facebook groups in general. It can kind of be hit and miss just so you know if you are, you know, finding someone that you have never met, never interacted with. There are many people out there that will scam you. I've heard of people being plant scammed where they have a super rare plant at a great price and they end up taking your money and then just disappearing completely off of that social media site. So do be careful with that. If the offer seems too good to be true, it probably is. You can use reputable websites like Etsy and eBay. I've heard that those are usually pretty successful. So there are a lot of options to kind of look around and find rare houseplants if you are tired of sniffing around your big box stores, your hardware stores, trying to find it for yourself. But I do want to say just my last note of today's episode is one place not to go is to poach local areas for rare plants directly. Whether that's going somewhere, like for example, there is this aquarium nearby me, and they have a tropical section of the aquarium with all these like wonderful, beautiful houseplants. And it's not necessarily the exhibit. It's just kind of part of the exhibit. There's all these tropical houseplants growing around you. And I know they have a huge problem with people stealing plants from them. So there's urban poaching, but there's also going to the native habitat of that plant and poaching. Sometimes that can be illegal especially for succulents. So if you are super into succulents, be sure not to be the kind of person that would go and take them from their native habitat when it is not legal. I do want to tell this story about someone who disregarded this. It was an American. They were connected with a company in Los Angeles. It was called Never Enough Cactuses And what they did is they went all the way to South Africa. They collected 8,000 rare succulent species, specifically conophytums. So they went over there, they got 8,000 of these plants, and they got caught, obviously, or else I wouldn't be telling this story. But they received a two-year jail sentence just simply for collecting these plants, and they also got permanently banned from ever entering South Africa. So this person is certainly not the only one. It's just an example that I ran across and it's definitely not worth it to do that sort of thing. As I'm saying this though, I'm thinking how unlikely it is that like one of my listeners is gonna 
travel to South Africa to collect some rare succulent, but you never know. I just want to put it out there that it's not cool, it's not okay to try and steal plants from urban areas, from rural areas, from native areas. Just simply don't do it. Go to your big box stores and give it a try, trying to find a rare houseplant. I feel like it's very invigorating to be on the hunt or to go online and look around there for a rare houseplant that maybe you've been wanting. Just don't obtain your rare houseplants illegally. And on that note, I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. I'm so thankful for you being here and listening to the Plant School podcast. Be sure to leave a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, to answer the trivia question if you are listening on Spotify, and to share this podcast with a friend. Thanks again, and I hope to have you back here in two weeks for a brand new episode of the Plant School Podcast.